Hello and welcome to season two of She's Creative with me, Claire Hutchison. Each episode, I chat to a different woman or non-binary person who works in the media or publishing world, discovering how they turned creativity into a career. My guest on this episode is writer Annie Lord. Annie is a dating columnist for Vogue and has written for the likes of Vice and Dazed. She's currently writing her upcoming memoir, Notes on Heartbreak. Welcome Annie, thanks for coming on. Oh no, thanks for having me. No problem at all. Just to start things off, I just ask everyone, where did you grow up and what did your parents do for a living? So I'm from um, I'm from Leeds. Um, so when I, we were, I was about 12, we moved to this town called Otley. It's like kind of on the outskirts. People think it's a lot more central than it is because that Otley run is like a pub crawl mm-hmm. <laughs> in Leeds, but it's actually like Otley Road's really long. So it's like really far out. It's like a little like market town vibes. Um, and my parents both used to work in TV. So um, I think my dad during the recession lost his job in the recession and then just um, kind of struggled to get him a job. So then like works as like a baker. Um, I don't know if he like cool. how much he actually earns being a baker. I think it's more of like a fun hobby thing. Um, and then my mum still works in TV. She does like reality TV, like say yes to the dress and stuff like that. Oh, um, that's so like, cool. Yeah. Edit producer on that. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, that must be so interesting, like, having grown up around that kind of thing and, like, hearing your parents have conversations about TV and stuff. Do you think that, like... I definitely think it made me, like, a lot more... I I think it was... I was really lucky that because they'd worked in media and stuff, they had, like, a lot more of an understanding about how difficult it is to get into creative stuff. Yeah. Um, They weren't like, oh, you know, you've gone to uni, why don't you have a job? They were like, oh, it's it's super difficult to get into journalism Mm -hmm. or whatever. Um, and that really helps. Um, it also like it's weird. I feel like whatever your parents do. I mean, some people I feel like want to do what their parents do. For me, it made like the idea of TV like so uninteresting to me. Right. Yeah. When people are like, "Oh, do you ever want to write like for TV?" or um, like, so you know, when you're talking to people, and they're like, "You should do a script on that." I'm like, "Oh." <laughs> they didn't do, ever do drama and stuff, but like, I just feel like it's demystified to me, and then I just found it really uninteresting. Yeah. <laughs> when did you know that you wanted to be a writer? um so I think when I was yeah when I was at uni I got like um you know when you're going and everyone's like oh make sure you join loads of societies and really mm-hmm. get stuck in and blah, blah blah like I was I uh the uni paper <clears throat> I was just thinking that would be something um interesting to do but then I got like a column in it on sex and relationships actually it's quite weird um and I just really liked it and I was like oh yeah I would like to be a columnist when I grew up up. but I think I didn't really realize at that time how difficult it is to get into that um I just thought oh like it's not very well paid but that would be a cool job I didn't realize like it would take me like four million years to like actually manage to get into it um but yeah no I started writing and I just really liked it um and you've already achieved that um dream that you had when you were at uni yeah, it's really weird because thinking about it, because for so long I didn't write about sex and relationships at all. Um, so it's weird to think that what I started with, I've like looped back to, because yeah. it was never like, this is what I want to write about. It was more, um, I don't know, it was just, it feels like an accident. But I guess a lot of the time what you're good at kind of happens without you even asking it to, because hundred percent just end up being better at it. Yeah. Um, so when you were at uni, uh, what what did you study and what uni did you go to? So I did philosophy at Newcastle. Um, mm-hmm. It's quite a funny course because it's like 
there's only about 30 people on it um and it's um the philosophy that you do is really interesting though because it's um, a lot of philosophy in england's um analytic which is so boring it's like sort of more logic and like what's the difference between thinking and knowing and stuff like that and it's quite mm-hmm. smooth but like in um the one we did it's like you do existentialism and like um it's a lot more like french thinkers like Foucault and stuff and like sartre mm-hmm. um so it was really interesting yeah and when you were doing that uni were you thinking the whole time that you were gonna graduate and you know try and pursue writing or at that time were you still kind of not knowing where your head was at I think yeah I think the main thing I was like oh I'm gonna try get some internships in journalism mm-hmm. um like soon as the column I was like oh this is fun but I don't think I was really thinking that much about finishing until like third year yeah. and I had a lot of other ideas of stuff I was like thinking I would want to do um like I thought about I would really like to be like a makeup artist on film sets that was definitely something I was thinking about um and also like I was thinking about wanting to go traveling or something which I didn't do um oh yeah I wasn't taking it that seriously because I just didn't realize how difficult it's gonna be yeah um it was only like the last minute panic rush where Ed was making plans at the end of third year that I was like oh my god what the hell am I gonna do uh-huh. um, yeah that's always <laughs> terrifying isn't it um yeah what so like after you graduated what was the first kind of stuff that that you did to pursue writing and like media Mm. um so a friend of mine at uni nepotism classic (laughs) um a friend of mine at uni's sister worked as stylist in the um uh what's it called graphic design Mm -hmm. um so he got me a three-month internship there and I kind of just moved to London thinking I'll do that and then I'll work in you know those really horrible you sign up for shift things I was like I'll just do that in between internships but to be honest like I more just was like for quite a long time just working in a pub because it was so hard even to get like an unpaid internship um that there was like yeah big gaps in between stuff but I think I was kind of doing that for like a couple of years maybe you worked at Stylist, what kind of stuff, um, an internship, what kind of stuff were you doing there? To be honest, I didn't do any writing. <laughs> I think I pitched a few things, but they, none of them were quite right. I mainly did like, um, like helping other people research and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. They let me go to like some press events, which was fun. Yeah. Um, like, I think I saw like Nora Jones at Bonnie Scott's and I felt really like I'm here from Stylist, even though like uh-huh. I wasn't writing anything. And I think I was like probably like jotting in a notepad, <laughs> pretending to be like covering up. <laughs> she just let to like watch because they let me have the afternoon off. Um, but yeah, so nothing really happened then. Um, Do you think that kind of like that going to event kind of thing, did that give you a bit of like a taste for the like wanting the like kind of glamour or like what people perceive as yeah. the glamour, you know? Yeah, I feel like you almost get more excited about it when you're not really getting it. And then when you feel like you could get it more, it's not as exciting, is it? But yeah, I really like that feeling of where you feel a bit like you've made it or whatever. It's mm-hmm. nice. Yeah, what what did you do after uh, Stylist? So I think the other internships I did, I did one at the um, Sunday Times, which was because I was at a party and I was kind of flirting with this guy and he had a friend who worked there. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, and then once I got the internship, I was like, bye. <laughs> um, <laughs> I also did because it, it helped as well because my parents got me, 
a couple of like unpaid ones at TV things. Yeah. Which I didn't want to do, but then I was like, it made it look like I got more things, which helped getting writing mm. ones. Um, the main the main one I did that like things definitely changed when I got it was I got one at Vice, and it was like, I think it was like the equivalent of fourteen k a year, but over three months, and like, um, it was just really good because they let you write loads. I remember mm-hmm. being so struck, like shocked and stressed on like the first day that um, Hannah Ewins, who's so lovely, <laughs> was like, oh. Um, we're doing something for International Women's Day. Can you talk to like um, women from different um, countries and stuff living here? Like what it means to them to be, I can't actually remember what the article was about, but I had to go talk to people on the street or whatever. And oh, I was yeah. so stressed that I actually had to like do something. Cause I was like, whoa, responsibility. This doesn't happen yet. But yeah, being there was really helpful because I basically wrote enough articles where I could pitch places and be like, here's what I've written. Mm-hmm. Um, and they were super patient because I'd never, I didn't do a master's and stuff. So I didn't even know how to like structure a journalism article. And I remember like a lot of the editors being really helpful with like sitting down and showing me. Cause I feel like if I'd have sent those in, I'm, the piece might've been like canceled or whatever. Well, I don't come up with the word, it's not canceled. Um, but like, they would sit down with me and be like, you need to structure it like this way and that way and like blah, blah. Because yeah. I think I was like, which I assume happens to a lot of people, they sort of structure stuff like they would a uni essay where you're like uh-huh. sandwiching the quote between like beginning and end rather than having like an explanation then like finishing the paragraph of the quote or um, and starting with like the most interesting thing, which I feel like your instinct is like end it interesting. Rather yeah, than, and 100%. Kind of like news writing is so um, formulaic and like... Mm. I feel like people don't realize that until you start um because like before I did I did a master's in journalism and obviously learned like the inver- inverted pyramid style like when you say all the most important stuff at the top and you know and um before that when I'd done work experience I was the same you know you'd write it as an essay mm. and obviously editors are like what is this <laughs> but yeah you're not gonna know unless you have that training so that is like so important that people learn that um yeah definitely Circling back to what you're saying about uh, TV, like internships you were doing, what was that like? Um, I don't think again. I did a lot. I just sort of helped with like little research things. Like um, they'd say we were thinking of making a program about like. Um, oh, one was I remember someone saying something about people who live in Vegas but not like living Vegas lifestyles, like just people living in Vegas or something. And I was like researching what that was like uh-huh. um, so maybe handing in like a page about it um what else did I do? made a lot of tea oh I remember <laughs> like a lot of really cringy things where they'd like let me into a meeting um with with the like company they're like don't be afraid to you know give your ideas and you give ideas and they're like oh that's so interesting but you're probably just saying the most stupid stuff do you know what I mean? <laughs> like now if I was sat in front of like I suppose they like respect it if you're like confident enough to say things but it makes me cringe thinking about suggesting stuff like I probably said like five ideas (laughs) they're just like trying to rush through like a morning meeting or something Um, (laughs) I feel like the confidence thing is such a big thing though like I was having a conversation recently um with a journalist and um I was thinking back to like my first job like on a newspaper and the whole ideas thing like when I was pitching I wasn't sure if it was like the right idea so I would almost be like a bit like apologetic I'd be like oh there's this Mm. thing like 
I I don't know. Mm. And and then the state at the same time, the same week, another journalist would obviously have pitched it really confidently and like the same mm. story would go in when it didn't go in for me. That was a real like learning moment where I was like, oh, it's not even necessarily about your idea. It's about like how you sell it, you know? Yeah. Which I'd never even thought of before. Yeah, and I'm so inarticulate sometimes as well, especially if I'm explaining an idea. You know, I feel like I'd be the worst person you know, people um, sit down there trying to explain a board game. Mm-hmm. I just like cannot explain what's happening. <laughs> and the same with like if I was suggesting an article, I can tell because my hands start doing like really insane gestures because yeah, I can't think of the words to like say <laughs> what I'm trying to say. Um, so yeah, I'm so bad with that. I remember sitting in on pitching meetings like when I was like in um, working in an office at a journalism place and just beginning the sentence being like this sounds shit and I'm just not, like hoping they just like move beyond me really quick uh-huh. finding it mortifying trying to explain what I'm talking about yeah it's such a like confidence thing sometimes um mm. where as well you did the internship was it the times you said yeah was that was like a sort of two-week thing um what was that like it was good it was like news reporting stuff I think I again I was just helping with research but it's quite sweet they put me on like a byline even though the guy like wrote the article which is nice um but there was a bit more like um there was a bit more like ringing people and being pushier um yeah I think it was like the two pieces I helped with because I was only had two weeks but one was like um ticket tout sort of thing Oh, it was about, comp- you know, ticket resale companies and how they, like, really mug people off, like, mm. skittle and stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, so I just was helping compile, like, quotes and stuff for that. Yeah. Um, but nothing... I still did quite a lot of, like, shredding paper and stuff. Like, it still wasn't um, that much. I still wasn't doing that much. Mm-hmm. So you think the real turning point for you was when you were at Vice? Yeah, yeah. Because I still did like transcribing and stuff, but I'd always have like an article I was working on. And it just, because it was for three months and um, and we got to write, like when I left, I had all this, I, could, I just started pitching like freelance things. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, it was really helpful. Was that um, when you wrote your piece about your breakup? No, that was, um, I think that was like a year or two years no two years ago um no I just um that was part of a column and I, I just got asked to do that um because that yeah that was the column where it's like the dm that changed my life and just um yeah. Phoebe one of the editors said um do you want to co- contribute to it and I was like oh yeah yeah <laughs> um do you feel like I, think that... I was looking for an excuse to like shoehorn in uh-huh. <laughs> talking about my breakup and saying yeah and I am um... I remember I remember reading that and I like I really like loved it and I remember the oh. the bit about um like the KFC um the KFC <laughs> crumbs I don't know why that like stuck in my mind because I was like oh that's so relatable um uh do you feel like that was like a turning point for you when you had that piece published yeah definitely that's actually when I got an agent um right, yeah so yeah definitely um because I went to see her and then she was like oh have you ever thought about writing a book and then I was saying um that I really wanted to write one about breakups and then and I also think that kind of was what um made the editor of Vogue 
who I work with, Olivia Marks, reach out to me and say, have mm. you ever thought about having a dating column? Even though there was quite a big gap between those things, when they were thinking of a dating columnist, I think she thought of me because she'd read that a while ago, if you know what I mean. Yeah. So yeah. I do think it looked like massively... It's so weird. I feel like you can put so much career stuff down to like really small um weird things that happen and it just completely changes it loads uh-huh yeah it's crazy it just takes like one thing because the fact yeah that, definitely and then things know. get because I, I remember journalism just feeling so difficult all the time and like constantly bugging people by emails and pitching all the time and then suddenly it just started to feel like quite easy um mm-hmm. yeah um to go back to when you're working at Vice um do you think that kind of gave you a bit of um do, do you feel like you learned how to pitch from from working there basically yeah um I do yeah I definitely think so and like um and what sort of stuff editors are interested in um because I think yeah and yeah just the sort of articles that people like and um and and what like certain things I might want to focus on and that sort of stuff and also just um you know then I could pitch to the editors that worked at Vice and that stuff which was really helpful yeah and um what kind of what kind of stories were you pitching or writing yeah like a lot of like culture things but I guess it could be culture in the sense of um I guess, yeah, it could be like subcultures as well, not like a TV programme. And I also just liked writing stuff that was funny. Um, I feel like I missed, I haven't written something funny in a while, but I really liked doing, for a while I did a lot of stuff of ice, like every argument you'll ever have with your mum or like um, every argument you'll ever Mm -hmm. have with your brother um, and um, or like just rinsing a certain type of person. I feel like that stuff's so fun. And that's also like what I like to read, like if I'm sat, having lunch or whatever and I'm flicking through an article just those um like I, th- I feel like there's stuff about like love violence always really funny when they do like the heroes and villains of the week yeah I love writing stuff like that. what kind of what advice would you have for people that are like pitching stories I think like make, try pick something that only you would know about or like a mm. few people would know about so if there's love violence on there's probably be so many people pitching about love violence so you're probably better off if you have like a weird interest like knitting or something thinking about what you would know that other people wouldn't and like if you're young as well defo like stuff is there like a drug that young people are taking or um that young people keep wear like something young people keep wearing and things that like older editors wouldn't know about mm. um i think is defo the way to go like, and I also, sometimes I feel like when I was stumped for ideas, I'd sit on the internet looking for something to set, like to learn about um, and write about. But actually sometimes just like, if you're feeling really stumped, like just go for a drink with your friend and talk mm. loads and then you'll hear something weird that they're talking about yeah um, 100%. and then you often get way more ideas rather than sitting like torturing yourself on like forums trying to like find some weird thing that no one's heard about um which is also feels really depressing <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah and then also one thing that jamie clifton advice gave me as advice when i was leaving which really helped he was like oh it's it's best if you can if you've got to be freelance to get a niche because then people mm. think of you when they want some 
something on that subject and yeah. it does really help like I definitely like writing about lots of different things but it is quite nice now I'll get a lot of emails from people asking can you write about this thing to do with love or sex and relationships and it just like makes your job so much easier because you don't have to pitch it and pitching's awful <laughs> mm-hmm. oh yeah god I know <laughs> um <laughs> how did you find it working like in hospitality and trying to balance that whole like freelance thing because I feel like people don't necessarily talk about that and I think there's a lot of writers as well that do work in like retail or hospitality Mm. or you know uh, shift work or whatever and they don't ever talk about that online Mm. and I think that creates a kind of unrealistic expectation that people have like going in Um, yeah so I I think it's like it's good I think it's it takes the pressure off a lot if you've not got any ideas to have something else you can work in as well um because for a while I was doing sort of like three days a week at a pub and then freelancing um it's so annoying though pub managers they always like you say you're going to work a certain amount they just keep giving you like loads yeah. of work don't they and it's just really frustrating I also like I was so annoying towards the end of my <laughs> I was working at a pub like I remember I used to just Although I don't think this is that annoying, but I would the, the pub was always so quiet and I used to work on my own now Mondays and Tuesdays and I would sit, bring a book in and just like sit with a book mm-hmm. and I just used to get told off for reading. It's like no one in the history of drinking at a pub has got annoyed because the bar staff are reading a book. Yeah. Like it's <laughs> just ridiculous. Um, but I feel like I find it quite difficult to like turn off because sometimes I'd be sat like writing on receipts like weird old ideas and stuff and like but I feel like it is actually better to try to switch your brain off from thinking about mm-hmm. journalism sometimes because it just, I think thinking about all the time is not actually helping. It's like when you exercise, it can like really clear your brain and then you're actually yeah. better after it. Um, yeah, I think, and it's it's also difficult with like the weird hours, isn't it? Because you end up waking up at like 11 or something if you're coming back home really late. Um I, I do think like doing stuff that will make you interact with like normal people not like weird journalism people is good <laughs> like you'll probably hear more stories and um and and then also yeah like I feel like you could write about like hospitality a bit like those those weird sign up shifts um jobs are so horrible and you hear so many weird things like mm-hmm. yeah it, it probably just ha- yeah it probably helps like to take you might be more inspired basically than if you were sat in a really cold clinical office like tapping on a laptop to be around more yeah people with, like, yeah ideas and stuff yeah I totally get what you mean um you so you were talking about your your article that was in Vice and you said you got an agent kind of off off that um how did that happen so Florence Rees is the agent she just emailed saying have you ever thought about writing a book and I was like ah! I think I like ran around the house I was like oh my god oh, um, yeah <laughs> um so yeah we went I went to her office it's like a.m. Heath um for like a coffee or whatever and we just like spoke through different ideas and but the main one I was like I'd really like to write a book about breakups because when I was going through the breakup like yeah they're like sort of weird self-help books and they're like novels um with but they have like sort of twisting plot lines about other mm-hmm. breakups in it, but it's not like about a breakup. I wanted to read something like 
because and all the books that really dealt with grief in the way like I felt it were about people that passed away and obviously that's a very mm. different thing but like something that took it as seriously as as how horrible it actually feels yeah um, so I think I floated around a few other ideas but I was kind of like yeah I would really like to write more about breakups like in that article and then she was basically saying well go away write like about I think in non-fiction apparently the main the what most people do is write about two chapters worth before you can pitch it right. to editors mm-hmm. apparently with fiction most people write the whole book first like yeah that's great when I <laughs> when I found that out I was like oh my gosh like that is mental I did not yeah know recently. um I don't know how I'd have the discipline to do that um so yeah, I went away and I, to be honest, it took me so long because I was working a lot. Mm-hmm. And also I was kind of fiddling around with the different ways I wanted to do it. And Florence very nice, she didn't put any pressure on me. So I was just like floating around. Um, and also coronavirus happened. Um, and then I think it was like publishing had gone a bit weird and I was like still being all slow and um, blah, blah, blah. So it took, I think it took me like a year, but it didn't change that much from what I originally wrote. But I am mm-hmm. glad it took, that time with it because then I didn't feel like I felt like I knew yeah that's what I wanted it to be like um and then we basically hit well she I'm not I don't know why I'm acting like I did um she sent it to a bunch of editors mainly ones who follow me um on Twitter and and then some other people I'm guessing that she thought might be interested and then saw like who um wanted it and then if it's really popular it goes to an auction where loads of people bid what happened with mine was that like which also happens where like people um preempt it so they want it before it goes to auction so they have more of a chance of getting it mm-hmm. um so and the way Florence explained to me she was like they'll they'll put in a certain amount of money that's probably that's higher than they think it would get at auction to try and get it and then if you say no at auction they kind of punish you a little bit and probably don't give as much Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, there was two. There was two publishers that sort of preempted it, um, and then it was like a weird few like day or something where they would like offer, and then someone else would offer, and then yeah, eventually I just picked um, trophies because they seem really good. <laughs> um, yeah. But I, I still felt like it, it's a weird thing because it's like obviously with journalism you know, you know what editors are like. Um, with this, it's it's quite restrained because you do kind of go in blind a little bit. Um, but I what Rachel um who's edited the first part she was really amazing so I'm like um and super helpful so I don't have any regrets but it's quite weird you're like oh sure yeah (laughs) yeah it must it must have been so exciting like even when you got that agent email that must have felt like amazing you know yeah really weird really weird I was so like when I got an agent I was like oh my god I can't believe I can be like my agent like uh-huh. <laughs> um it's also nice because I don't know if you feel this but you, when you work in journalism whatever I feel like a lot of friends like just don't really know what you do or think you have a job um mm-hmm. and it's and it's like I suppose when they see stuff online it does seem kind of impressive but I don't know like if I say oh, I'm working I feel like friends don't take it as seriously as if like someone else is working because they yeah. don't see it that kind of thing so I feel like saying you've got an agent it made me feel really like accomplished and like uh-huh. something concrete happened that I could prove that I did things <laughs> yeah definitely um I was gonna ask as well obviously your writing is like so like personal and like raw you know do you ever get like 
Do you ever feel like anxious in any way about putting yourself out there or like do you have any advice for people that are wanting to do that you know? Mm. Yeah I do a lot like, I, sometimes before I post things I get a bit like Bleh. um it's never really about me because I feel like I'm quite I'm not a very private person anyway so people knowing this stuff doesn't embarrass me but I get worried about if I've even just like mentioned a friend or mm-hmm. like about or like a the guy or whatever that I'll like upset someone or it'll be awkward so that does make me feel really stressed and also yes I feel like it comes out in a weird way because like obviously I love it when people say I really like that article but even knowing like when people reference reading something I've written it, I feel so like exposed it makes yeah. really weird even though I would be gutted if no one said it but then when you say it you're like Ugh you've heard it why yeah. or like when people go oh send me your article and I just like don't want to send it uh-huh <laughs> but I guess advice like if it feels weird writing it then maybe don't like um I feel like I've been writing for some reason it just feels a bit like uncomfortable it's it's like the same as sometimes when I'm writing something and it feels really hard I feel like if something feels really hard it probably isn't like working and it's just not a very good idea because when it is working it just like comes loads um yeah but also just um I think also remembering that like you have a right to your own experiences and your own story and so if you want to say things about your life then that's not really anyone's business mm-hmm. um so don't feel like guilty um, yeah as long as they can't people wouldn't notice them if they and they, if they don't want to be recognized and I don't think it's um fine I feel like it's good like feminist tradition women writing about themselves <laughs> oh, definitely do you use like um pseudonyms or or do you like ask people if they're okay with it or yeah sometimes I ask um if it's like someone off hinge that probably wouldn't even know I'd written about them anyway I've just normally like changed things about them so that someone else wouldn't know it was them um and if it's a friend unless it's like um really exposing I'd probably just put their name like I can tell what friends would not find it annoying I think the other day like on one of them I was like said something about my friend Marissa getting really drunk on the our um hendu um on our hendu on my friend's hendu um and she was like laughing about it because I just didn't think put Marissa um but yeah she was annoyed because I feel like you can just tell if people are going to find it annoying if you're right about them or not um, yeah yeah everyone's so different in terms of like privacy or you know like openness um, yeah. how how did your Vogue column come about so Olivia had like messaged me when that vice thing came out a little bit after saying oh I really like your writing like have you, you know um do you want to go for a coffee to talk about like pitching to us I went for a coffee and she she's like took me through the magazine and said which part she thought I'd be good at pitching to and blah 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 but like I don't know I just found it so hard to get the right idea like I think I pitched a few times and then just kept getting a bit wrong um and then she messaged me again when they were saying that they were thinking of having a dating column um and would I be interested in doing it um I remember actually because it was in lockdown and I was like having a picnic with two of my friends you can meet up with two um when you can meet up with a couple of people outside yeah. um 
And I remember being like, oh my God, Vogue, I've just asked him to have a dating column. I'm Carrie Bradshaw, getting really excited about it. Um, so yeah, and then I sort of, um, I did like a sample one and she said she really liked it. And then it just started happening from there. Yeah, that's so amazing. Um, how often is your column? It's once every two weeks. Mm-hmm. Do you ever feel like you struggle to have material? Mm. I think, because um, I'm not dating loads at the minute. Like, Well, I think when I first got it, I was like, oh, this is going to really encourage me to like make sure I'm dating all the time mm. and like, putting myself out there. Um, and I was a bit more like active on Hinge, but I think someone said to you, and I was... I mean, it's like a low-key part but also I, I really like the idea of that she said oh someone was saying to her that it's like a really good dating column about not really dating I was like, ah. and I also think because I don't go on that many dates but I also feel like my experience probably reflects a lot of people our age where it's actually quite difficult to date and meet people that you like and mm-hmm. most people do just sit on hinge but then actually not meet up with it people uh-huh. and it's like soon as you match with someone and they ask you out you're like uh-huh. so I feel like it being more true to actually how I want to behave is better than if I was like doing super outrageous stuff like I don't know going to sex parties all the time or like have like sleeping with a man with a wife or something because <laughs> uh-huh. that would be like I'd love to read one like that but also like I don't know I feel like I couldn't create that but that's okay yeah it's definitely good. it's like <laughs> it's good that it's kind of uh representative of what most people in their 20s are like going mm. to you know um yeah. yeah what um do you have any advice for people that are like wanting to get into writing like kind of personal things or columns or you know um I feel like it's almost like the hardest thing to get into isn't it because yeah people always want I remember learning really early on like when people are saying about writing like oh don't use I and blah 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 and it's yeah it's quite difficult to let someone persuade you that your story that's quite similar to so many other people's is interesting I feel like people that do manage to get personal stuff published it's when they've had like a really traumatic experience Mm -hmm. um I don't know I guess like there's so many places isn't there that you that are probably a lot more open to people that um just starting out with writing and if you did like a really good piece for them you could probably show it to other people like a really magazine so good isn't it and they have like um they like let new writers write for them and have a lot of personal writing on there i feel like maybe starting writing for someone like that maybe or doing yeah i I was about to be like you know when your mum i don't which magazine was that sorry oh aurelia i really oh yeah 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 i know the one yeah um i was like just got a cringe because i sound like my mum was about you know when you're like you're younger and your mum's like start a blog and you're like mm-hmm. oh my god you don't know anything about the internet yeah <laughs> like it's not like, <laughs> it's not 2007 mum <laughs> yeah I was about to be like go on medium like blah blah and then I was like but oh still, no that, I don't know because I've never that is, <laughs> yeah yeah that, that is I, valid I just I feel like it is um some people have done I've read some really good pieces on that that probably helps people get like paid elsewhere I just got worried that I sounded like my mum oh no no I was making a valid point (laughs) I think it's like um I think it's just the word blog that's like a little bit scarring I don't know yeah um can you just tell me a bit about your book even Mm. though we've touched on it a bit but you know yeah so um it's 
dealt, I dealt with, but it's changed loads since then. But um, have you heard of that book by Roland Barthes called A Lover's Discourse? No, I haven't. It's like, um, he's a philosopher. We studied him at uni, but it's, um, it's a really lovely book. It's like a dictionary definition of, a dictionary of love. So there's like an entry on different parts of it. Um, and they're quite difficult to read because he's like uh, a bougie French thinker. But then we like a bit about, you know, saying I love you and what it means to say that or um, waiting by the phone or um, like their clothes or something. And um, I was like, oh, it'd be cool to read one that was sort of the same, but with a dictionary definition of like breakups. Mm-hmm. So I kind of started structuring it like that. But it changed loads. I was thought, oh, I could do one about like crying, like a, a whole a entry about crying, and then like an entry about them taking their stuff, an entry about um, like not being in contact with their family anymore, or you know that kind mm-hmm. of stuff. But then it's now it's changed. So the sort of um, like so I quote a lot of different things in it. So you know stuff from um, film and TV and poems and stuff um or like random facts and it's and it's sort of start this is the first time I've explained it so I feel like I'm getting as I was saying earlier like explaining the board games I'm like (laughs) no Um, not at all so it starts off with like there's like (laughs) so there's like it starts off with um when there's two timelines so one's um him breaking up with me and me get like going through that process and then the other one's um it floats back into memories of us going out throughout mm-hmm. the book and they start off with like the beginning of the relationship towards the end of it um yeah um yeah that sounds lovely so, and then it, and then it references all different stuff but it's like it's also like some of it's not just about the breakup you know there's like a lot of stuff about friends and like food well there's a lot of it about as yeah as well like I hadn't read something that goes into all the weird things that happen in break it's like the fact you can't eat anything Mm-hmm. and like yeah. um just weird things friends I'd say to people that I didn't really know would happen like you know when you like everything feels pointless because if you think about like you tell them about every single thing that happens in your day so when you like have a shower you're like did I even have a shower if I have <laughs> told them that I've had a shower yeah. like it feels it's so weird to reorientate your brain to be like I just do everything for myself like it doesn't really make any sense um yeah like weird things like that that's such um, an interesting point yeah I've never even thought of that that makes <laughs> a lot of sense um yeah yeah like this is more of like a friendship thing but I've thought before like when you lose a friend I think the worst thing is you feel like you lose like these memories you know like mm. you know if you see something that reminds you of something that happened years ago and then you're like oh I don't have that person to like relate to that with anymore mm. like it it only exists with me now do you know what I mean yeah so much yeah that's definitely like something I went through in the breakup and it, also I remember having a really weird um thought process because no, people go oh you're for-. I feel like the only way you can heal is by forgetting about them mm-hmm. but that's the hardest part of it that you'll um that in that you'll forget things and like that it won't matter to you anymore that you've lost them I feel yeah. like that that bit it's like Ugh. like I feel like it's better it helped me in the beginning to be like I'll always love him do you know what I mean and be upset mm-hmm. about that than thinking there'll be a point in which I won't care that I've completely forgotten someone mm-hmm. I really 100%. freaked out 
Um, is the book then, does it mainly focus on one breakup or is it kind of like different, you know, relationships, situationships mm. you've had, you know? So it's, it's mainly about um, one breakup, but I'm, there's different men in it, like throughout mm-hmm. um, the, me acting like I'm a top chef, there's loads of men in it. <laughs> um, yeah, there's like different people I'm seeing, like you know, when as I was getting over it. So there's like lots of different bits about that. Um, yeah, mainly about him, but. Um, yeah, that's so exciting. Um, you must be like buzzing for it to come out. Yeah, I'm so excited. Um, yeah, I, it's weird as well because I'm excited for people to read it because um, there's not that many people that I've shown parts to yet. Um, so that'll be really nice, like see what people think. Yeah, um, definitely. I had to. I, sh- I showed like the first part to him actually. <laughs> he liked it, which is good. That's good. Yeah. Do you think that you'll um, let him read the whole thing or will it be more you know yeah no he'll definitely read the whole thing um which is nice <laughs> um yeah I was pleased he liked it it would be a bit crap if he didn't but just yeah <laughs> definitely when when does the book come out um so next year in June I think um cool I've not quite finished it yet like I've sort of handed in a draft so it yeah like that's so exciting (laughs) um what was your kind of process like writing it um so the first part was a bit chaotic because I was spending so long doing it before we sent it to editors but um yeah and when I started like there's the book deal happen I'm gonna write it um I mainly write by like throwing up on a page and then sorting out after and I always end up writing like way more words than someone's asked for and it needs to be cut down it's mm-hmm. like when I did um I th- like I, even when I do art it always starts off like I've gotten a bit better but it'll always be like double the length and I'm like, oh god but I am getting better with the word count but yeah so definitely like lots and lots of words from it um and sometimes when I needed to get out and be a bit quicker I'd go back home to Leeds just because there's no distractions there and then we get a bit more work done um I, I try work from like oh and I did like so much reading I haven't read anything that isn't too with love or like watched anything not too with love in so long I'm so sick of reading about love um <laughs> although I found like recently I've realized like a lot of the time things that are interesting ideas and different references sometimes come from stuff that isn't like directly about that um mm-hmm. like some of the most interesting like things that made me think in an interesting way about something are not from that um so that's actually helped being a bit less strict about like research but um I, I haven't done this in ages because I've just slowly gotten really slack recently but I find that the earlier I wake up the better I write um mm. like for some reason at 4 p.m it's like nothing happens um, so for when I was doing really well with writing, it's definitely like stagnated. Um, but I was get, trying to get up at like half seven, work till like half three or three. Um, mm-hmm. But re- um, recently, I've just well, I've, I've taken a month off anyway. But um, it was kind of starting to get a bit sporadic. Um, yeah, so that that normally works for me. And then if I yeah, maybe reading in the afternoon or like going to see a friend or go to the gym or something like that just 
yeah. empty out your brain and try stop thinking about it. It's so tempting when something's not working to keep working at it. It's so much better to just leave it mm-hmm. and come back another time. Yeah, sometimes it's just pointless and you just need to like refresh, mm. don't you? I always feel, I feel like I sorry. No, I was just gonna say I always feel like um if you like put something at the back of your mind, don't think about it for like a day, you just kinda know it just like snaps into place. And it's weird so how true, that happens, yeah. you know? Yeah. Thing is I feel like I need to spend more time without like music on or a podcast or sat on my phone because I feel like those moments where something's like if you're not thinking about it but somewhere in your brain is when you kind of think through things yeah and I feel like I've gotten so bad at silence and like if, even when I go and brush my teeth like I put a song on it's just like oh for God's sake. Uh-huh. Like, I'm totally um, the same yeah so I, I feel like it is better to have moments to process things and when to try stop yeah. that difficult do you just a kind of like last thing before I ask like what your general advice would be for uh, writers do you have any advice for people that are maybe writing a book in terms of like like finances in terms of like Mm. you know um doing chef work on the side or you know what I mean Mm. um I would say like maybe just write a bit less and like see if you like don't expect that if you're working another job and you're writing at the same time that you're going to be able to do as much as someone else like be kind mm. to yourself because I also think like doing I used to feel like I needed to do so many journalism articles for so many different places but I feel like if some if you write a couple of really amazing pieces that's going to be like a lot more helpful than like loads of stuff like everywhere um if you're not using it it's like your main source of income um and yeah just try and see like working at a pub or whatever is like don't see it as time you should be spent writing because there's only so many hours you can actually write for before your brain completely Mm. like attacks itself so um like if you're do you're in the hours you are right, you're probably being more productive than someone that's writing all week because you've got all this stored up creative mm. energy. Because yeah. I also think like the main thing I don't understand how people do is people that manage to do like a journalism job and then write as well, like a, say a book. Because I feel like you're using so much creativity. I would rather work in like an office, maybe doing admin or something, and then write. Yeah. Like because I I mean I I literally said that I suppose I am doing that now, but I have like. The amount of articles I write have like vastly reduced because um, I was lucky enough to get a big enough book deal where I can. I still need to do some journalism, but like I don't have to do loads. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know how someone could do like a full time journalism thing and write. I would be so fried. I know. I know, and it's such a it's such a fast paced, demanding uh, job as well. You know, like mm. the amount of work most people probably do in like a you know a, a general office job is probably a lot less <laughs> yeah than, yeah definitely. you know um yeah fab um just to finish things off what general advice would you give to people pursuing a career in writing um i'd say set like a certain amount of hours that you're gonna write but don't be ridiculous like and be honest with yourself because sometimes I hear stories of people like 
oh, he writes for like three hours every day before he starts work. And I was just like, I would never be that person. So like maybe mm. be like on a Sunday, I'll write from these hours and that's it or something. Yeah. Like, don't be, um, unless you are like a super driven person, then just let rip. But I feel like um, most people aren't. <laughs> um, I feel like another thing that just like I always think like changes writing so much from like good to really good is like people like being really um, perceptive and specific like um, you know like in in comedy obviously like it's such a cringe comedy but you know like Michael McIntyre he's obviously really cringe but like (laughs) his whole comedy just like orientates around like being really specific about something Mm, like oh you know how people do this like blah blah I feel like if you're writing something and it just feels a bit dead just think about like a weird habit someone would do in that moment or what you notice about people um like one of those weird people that sits on the train and you tell them they're like writing about people but um yeah I feel like a lot of writing it's not even like being able to write beautiful stuff it's like recognizing how people behave and things and just being so good at noticing it. That was writer and author of the upcoming book Notes on Heartbreak, Annie Lord. You can find her on social media at AnnieLord8 and I'm on social media at underscore Claire Hodge. If you like this episode, please subscribe on your podcast app of choice and rate and review on Apple Podcasts. You can find the podcast on social media at She's Creative Pod. See you next time.